Music Fridays on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. It's what I listen to. More music now. More music and more fun. On Talk 94.5. All right. Joining us live in the studio right now on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers, it is Billy Brennan. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are we introducing you today? I don't United care. States inter- Air Force, um, retired nuclear missile chief commander in chief. Yeah, just what? Like, <laughs> what? what? He went I off do? the rails the last you time. You don't like so. when he picks, it up, picks on you with your nine million degrees. You do. So, Billy, so you know a lot of are you, stuff. Are you like an admiral and a general no, and a captain? No, no, no. He's no, all no, the different no, service no, branches. He's a nuclear no. missile command crew commander. Right. Yeah, I know. That's all. Among other things. No, you know, I'm just picking on you. I know. You always do. I admire your (laughs) intellect, sir. And you're an amazing... You know what? You're the first person who's ever said that to me, so thank you. (laughs) How about this? You're an amazing articulator of the American way. Thank you. And I love alliteration. (laughs) So, Billy, um, I've been trying to throw this hydrogen bomb around that I've been uh, talking about, the hydrogen hubs Mm -hmm. that were in the infrastructure bill, the $500 billion that Saudi Arabia is creating, this hydrogen plant. They want to become the world, the globe's... A hydrogen producer, they, they're like, we're moving away from oil, and they're doing this. And I think that's why Macron said they're claiming they can't make any more oil. And right. my key word was claiming, because I think the Saudis could do it, but they want to push everybody. And Biden is going on for the ride into this hydrogen thing because we're building storage facilities in the deserts in Utah, and we're getting ready for this. Right. So what do you know about this? Because you know about solar and wind power and um And water. Hydrogen. I know a little bit about water, so... Um, I'm trying to get that. Thank you. Uh, so the green hydrogen, if you take a look at the timeline, mm-hmm. again, 2030 is a number that everybody's taking a look at. But what they're not saying about green hydrogen is a connection to green ammonia. What's that? So green ammonia will replace the existing ammonia. So when you were talking earlier about the farmers in Denmark... Mm-hmm. And the cow urine. Yes. See, okay. I know a little bit and of all that, the nothing, fertilizer, but, yeah. green ammonia will be the input... Two green fertilizers, okay, or green hydrogen will be the input for green ammonia, mm-hmm. and that'll make green green fertilizer. So right now, the cost is like $6 a kilogram. By 2030, they believe that it will be cost competitive and be brought down to $2 a kilogram, which will put it on par. You know, fertilizer is going up naturally right now. So when you take – you remove it off the market, you still have the demand. It's a, it's a supply and demand issue. Mm-hmm. And so you, you drive the cost up of fertilizer, right, and all of the inputs behind it. And now we have green hydrogen to save and the green day. ammonia. Absolutely. And there's your transition. But they do it on purpose. Yeah, I know. It's all by yeah. – I, I said before, you know, none of this is – it doesn't right. have a plan or design behind so it. So they create a crisis so that you say, oh, I better find an alternative. And look, look what the com- the country has put in front of me. Right. And I will take this over that because this makes more sense now. But it really – it's they're doing it on purpose. Right. And, and you'll have government regulation. So they're setting up the infrastructure for mm-hmm. green hydrogen right now. And think about decarbonization. And businesses that have a hard time electrifying, so cement, steel, all of the you know the the basic inputs, mm-hmm. they it, it's very tough for them to have a low carbon existence to but, transfer. But green them. hydrogen will create that for them. So, is green hydrogen good or is it bad? Like I'm all for saving the environment, right? I, you know, nobody wants to see us pollute the earth. Right. Um, so if this is good, 
this is great. I, I have no problem with it. But I, I don't understand why Saudi Arabia is is putting $500 billion into this. Seems like they're trying to talk us out of getting more oil and um, and part of a design that we're now going to be in bed even more so mm-hmm. with Saudi Arabia. Well, what you do very successfully here, you listen, you mm-hmm. hear the words that they use, you watch the timeline, mm-hmm. and then what's the rationale behind it? Because it's all you're being forced into forced. the usage, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's where they're going with this. That's exactly mm-hmm. what's happening. So and, but is... Saudi has always, you know, people say that we have, I forget the number now, but I was just reading it last week as far as oil reserves in the United States, up in the Balkans. I mean, if we really want it to be oil dependent, oh, we, we could go on for, forget decades. It's most likely centuries, mm-hmm. but they're not going to talk about that because that doesn't fit the narrative with regards that we need to transition to the green planet. We need to do this. What's the payoff for well, the powers who, that be? Who owns everything, mm-hmm. right? Take a look from the pyramid down and who owns the land, who owns you know this transition into um, you know, fake meats mm-hmm. and indoor, indoor uh, agriculture. It's all, we're going to transition over to this. And it's a very small, when you take a look at, at mm-hmm. the numbers, a small group of people that own it. You know, I, I, I know that um, we have seen solar farms pop up yeah. around. Um, and uh, a lot of people are concerned that that's going to replace food production by uh, farmers mm-hmm. because it's much easier maybe to maintain a solar panel farm. Well, not, not so much solar panel farms, but greenhouse, greenhouse uh, farming. So they've done that in Northern Europe and Denmark, places uh-huh. like that for years. Okay, right? so tell me what greenhouse So is. you you grow blueberries, strawberries, lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers mm-hmm. in, in these massive greenhouses. So what you've had farmers do in the United States, they've transitioned their farmland where there's a high amount of sunlight mm-hmm. and a large degree of water that they can use. And the water usage, actually in some respects, greenhouse farming is really good because it's a massive reduction in water. You get more turns. You don't expose the crops to pesticides or any type of bacteria mm. or fungus. Mm-hmm. And so from that perspective... It makes sense. It makes sense. But, but you can't grow everything in a greenhouse, right? Mm-hmm. So there's Especially cert- meats. Right. So <laughs> there's certain things that you should mm-hmm. do there yeah. and can do there that make total sense. And the smart farmers and you know, I, I would say the industrial agriculture complex has taken a look at this and say, yeah, this makes sense where if I grow a crop and I get one or two turns at most mm-hmm. and now I can grow that same crop and get five, six, seven turns. And maybe all year. Right. Long. And it's year round as long as there's sunlight. And so mm-hmm. it's, you know, the whole thing with solar, solar's not the solution and wind's not the solution. And Texas is a great example and you're going to see the blackouts come this summer down there. And so once again – you know, this thrust, put these types of infrastructure for energy in, but it doesn't really match up to, to what the actual environment will provide you with regards to input, whether that's, you know, a strong wind mm-hmm. or sunlight. Right. Now, there's something else that we always heard that uh, wars have always been fought over oil. Mm-hmm. And there's been this narrative over the last five years or so. And Kamala Harris, as vice president, has been reiterating it in some of her speeches that the future wars will be fought over water. Is that because we're moving into hydrogen? No, not so much that we're moving into hydrogen. But if you take a look back over the last, I'd say, 10 to 15 years, India and China are fighting over the northern Himalayas. 
And so India is worried about a displacement of, you know, a, a large population of, of the Indian uh, population moving southward where they are they can't being handle it. redirecting water well, from well, the China mountains? Has, basically, China has cut things off. And if you take a look at what they've done historically, I mean, they flood when they go in to put in a dam, they tell people you either move or we're going to flood this area. Mm-hmm. And people that had lived there for centuries, they ended up dying. They weren't going to leave. And oh they just gosh. flooded the land. Now, this is the stuff that doesn't hit the press, right. but hits intelligence briefings. And, and you find out about it through various channels and you go, wow. I can't believe that there's that lack of you know respect for life, mm-hmm. but that's it. So I'm just going to put it this way: you know Shoot. a lot of stuff about a lot of things because you have some. I got a weird knowledge. background. Yeah, but yeah. You, but no, <laughs> according but, to Nick, but you get a lot of information <laughs> that we're not privy to. So my question to you is: what do we need to be paying attention to, or calling out politicians about? Well, um, one would be the state of the water situation we have in the United States right now. The cleanliness of it or the it's, drought? It's or... Availability, mm-hmm. usage, and also what's actually in the water. Because when you take a look at things that say parts per billion and parts per mm-hmm. trillion, and your listeners are probably, if they're watching TV, they've seen all these things about Camp Lejeune pop up all of a sudden Yep. as far as the lawsuits, right? Mm-hmm. So that's volatile organic compounds, TCEs, perchlorate, all of this stuff was in the water. And I've talked to some of the Marines that were stationed there and their families. And I mean, it's horrible when you hear these stories about Mm -hmm. some of the physical ailments that they have, and more importantly, their children have, that were subjected to this at a young age Mm -hmm. when their body's going through that formative process and it just tore it down. So they're they're doing this whole investigation and they're looking for people that um, might be qualified to get some kind of compensation, which may be very little um, satisfaction for these families. But we have also heard about the Cape Fear water basin Mm -hmm. years ago. Um, I was following that story a lot. There was something in the water there. Well, there's the same thing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. And now now it's moved to PFAS and PFOS and, and it's it's everywhere. It, what is it? So PFAS, you know what? Well, you don't have to name it, but, what, but where does it come from? So it comes typically from the firefighting foam. So you think about the Air Force Base here. Mm-hmm. And for years, when those guys would go out and they would practice, yeah. you know, if a plane crashed or whatever, and there they were, and they were spraying foam all over the place, and that stuff naturally ran off mm-hmm. into a sewer line or, you know, it, wherever it went or back into the groundwater, um, this, you know, PFAS has built up in such a way all over the place. Mm-hmm. So companies like DuPont and 3M that manufactured this, and it was also the Teflon Every pants. airport well, practices that. Well, Every cook, airport. I know. I know. When you when you fly in and you see this burned out hull of an airplane mm-hmm. and you go, okay, this has been going on at military bases and it's been going on you know, at, at airports for years, mm-hmm. but that's not the only place where PFAS existed. So your nonstick pans from back in the 70s and uh-huh. 80s. Coated with a substance that so contains it was PFAS. true. It's true. Yeah. So I, I they mean, they said we've never ingested. eat on those nonstick pans. Right. Right. And and that's why everybody's changed over to copper and and whatever. But they, anything that has that type of coating, it's been eliminated. But I think PFAS potentially could become, you know, twice, three times, four times the size of what happened with asbestos back in the you know really nineties. Yeah, I do. I do. And this Camp Lejeune thing's just ripping the Band-Aid off the scab right now. And people are taking a look and going, oh, so what happened there? 
And the government's really scrambling to get the PFAS under control at certain military bases, wow. especially in mid-Atlantic. I mean, mm-hmm. they've ranked them as far as priority, as for what needs to be done and what needs to be done as far as remediation wow. now. Hmm. It could be bigger than Agent Orange? Um, I don't know if it's going to be an Agent Orange. But mm-hmm. the thing is, look, we've all been exposed to it. And... You know, Bobby Kennedy Jr., who's a friend of mine, you know, everything inputs, and he takes a look at that. Take a look at what's in your water. And so when you start to see these particulates at, Mm -hmm. you know, those high degrees, and it builds up in certain people's immune system, you know, there's some reality to this. Yeah. Oh, there's there's not some reality. Yeah. There is reality to it. Yeah. Nick, did you have a question on the PCRX Mobile Outfitters text line? We do. Uh, Ask your guest if global warming is caused by CO2, which is caused by oxygen combining with carbon, why hasn't the free oxygen levels in the atmosphere gone down? I know the answer to this because it's all a lie, but I'll let you answer. Uh, Well, I was going to say, listen, the thing is, what what do we emit, Nick, when we breathe? Uh, CO2. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what do plants eat? Uh, they they CO2. Right. And what, and what do plants give? Oxygen. Right. So you know what? God created a perfect environment. Yes, he did. That that everything works symbiotically. Mm-hmm. And so when, uh, you know, you're, you're looking for uh, the boogeyman or the bullseye in order to say, get, you you need to fear this. And and that's the whole thing. When you take a look at how these are, it, it's rolled out. Well, they have to put it, a face on it, their it, evil. But so there's we can always under- there's always that boogeyman right. in the closet and that scare factor. Right. I just, and I always tell people, stop being scared. Mm. There's a solution to every problem. As an engineer, I know that. And I and I look when I look back, I'm like, God, I hated engineering. It was a pain in the neck. But, <laughs> but, but and that's why I went to to do what I did. But at the end of the day. Um, you always have a solution to a problem. So there's – and this is the thing. I heard you guys talking earlier today. It, this has been going on for years and years. Mm-hmm. And the science – science changes. But the factual data, go back, follow the money. Where does the money come from for the research? The research comes off of mostly government grants. That's right. So if you follow that and if the government says, hey, you all need to sing off of this hymnal, then – or you don't get your research dollars right. – there's a problem. And so that's how we've gotten to this situation. And you've got smart people out there that are in the science community saying, no, this is not real. This is not right. Uh-huh. There's, and as I said before, there's certain things we can do better. We shouldn't create landfills. If we can take trash and turn it into energy, do it. Hmm. If we can reuse water, reuse it. It's not this endless commodity that we can just abuse. There's certain things we should do. Is but- this true? I, I heard once um, that all the water on the planet today is the same water that existed That's from right. the beginning of time. I, you know, it was funny. When I used to go in and talk to institutional investors when I was running the hedge fund, I would take a baseball and I would wrap it in saran wrap. And I'd say, this is the earth. And everything that's wrapped in that saran wrap, it doesn't move. It stays the same and it recirculates. And so water over, you know, over the course of time has moved from place to place. And you think about when they had the rains in the Middle East, probably a decade ago now, if not longer, mm-hmm. and they were torrential. And they hadn't had that in such a long time. All the flora came back. Hmm. So you know, and, and I mean, and that well, seeds that have been Grand... buried there for hundreds and hundreds uh-huh. and hundreds of years. Like the Grand Canyon, wasn't yeah. that water in there? Right. I mean, that's, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 you know, Cyclical? The, the problem is, is that, you know, the earth is made up mostly of water, but at the end of the day, Available drinking water, 
that's a very, very, very small percentage. Really? Yeah. And it's because of pollution? No, not because of pollution. Think about how we've migrated. And when you were talking Mm -hmm. about hurricanes before and weather events and climate events, I mean, we've put put structures and people in places that they weren't they didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you're going to have damage when these types of storms roll in. Right. We never built on the beach to the extent that we have over the last 50, 60 years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right. Billy Brennan, thank you so much. Do you're you, welcome. Are you on Twitter or anything? No. You keep a low prof- I'm profile. I'm thinking about I have to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's another uh. story. No. Um, I'm thinking about going on Truth. Oh, okay. Nice. Truth Social? Yeah. Yeah, All I'll, right. I'll follow you. Okay. All right. Let us know. All right. When you come up with your handle. If you search hard enough, you can probably find me. We can call you the water boy. There you go. <laughs> well, he's an I've been called worse. I've been called worse. <laughs> reminds me so that's, thank you. That stupid Adam Sandler movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Climate change is for the foosball, for the devil. <laughs> hey, happy birthday week coming up. Thank you. Appreciate that. Maybe you'll come to Abuelos if you're uh, in of town. Of course I will. All right. Well, then you get to meet Billy Brennan on uh, Thursday the 21st at 5 o'clock at Abuelos. Thank you so much for joining us, Billy. And you're we'll, welcome. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Have Thank a great you. week, folks. All right.